Blog Talk Radio. by John MacArthur, pastor, author, and the Bible teacher with Grace to You. If you've never contacted Grace to You, we want to send you a free booklet by John called Found God's Peace. It's all about helping you defeat anxiety and know true and lasting contentment. Request your free booklet by writing to peace at gty.org. 
That's P-E-A-C-E at G-T-Y dot org. Offer good in North America and Europe through June of 2018. And now, unleashing God's truth, one verse at a time. Here's grace to you, Bible teacher John MacArthur. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Now this is um, our subject this morning and has been for the last several weeks. We're talking about what it means to walk by the Spirit. I would just remind you, if you look up in uh, chapter 5 to verse 5, we read there, we through the Spirit by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. What that tells us is that our salvation is a work of the Holy Spirit. It is through the Spirit, by faith, that we have been given the hope of righteousness. You will notice also in this same passage, down in verse 25, that we live by the Spirit. Now that we have been ushered into salvation through the Spirit, we live by the Spirit. You will notice again back in verse 18 that as we live in the Spirit, we are led by the Spirit. All of these are statements of fact. We have been saved through the Spirit. We live by the Spirit. We are led by the Spirit. And then there is the one command to walk by the Spirit. That is the command to put one spiritual step in front of another and walk in the pathway of the Holy Spirit. That is what it means to live the Christian life. And you will remember that he is confronting legalism, external ritual and ceremony, and he is saying that legalism can't save you. That's chapters 1 to 4. And in chapter 5, he is saying legalism can't even sanctify you. You are not made holy by external religious behaviors. You are made holy, he says here, by walking by the Spirit. It is not external behavior, it is internal power. And again, I remind you back in verse 19 of chapter 4, Paul says, My children, with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you. Paul says, I'll I'll never be satisfied. I'll never feel like the The job is finished. I'll never feel like the delivery has been made until you are like Christ. 
This is what the Christian life is all about. It is becoming increasingly like Christ, becoming more like Him. This is the path of sanctification. Sanctification is becoming increasingly like Christ. That is the diminishing of sin and the increase of holiness moving us ever closer to what it is to be like Christ. This only happens by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that we have learned from the verse in 2 Corinthians 3.18, which we've mentioned a number of times, where the Apostle Paul says that we, with an unveiled face now in the New Covenant, are beholding the glory of the Lord. That is, we're looking at the glory of the Lord revealed in Scripture, and we are being transformed into His image from one level of glory to the next by the Lord who is that Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit's work is to make us like Christ. Therefore, the pastor's desire is to see that take place. So Paul says, I'm in labor, kind of spiritual labor pains until Christ is formed in you, until you're like Christ. That is the work of the Holy Spirit, who as we gaze at the Lord, as we express love and obedience to Him, the Spirit changes us into His image, moving us from one level of glory to the next ever higher, increasingly like Him. Sanctification, then, is the work of the Holy Spirit making us more like Christ. That is sanctification. Now, the Spirit does that as we walk one step at a time. We've talked about the fact that this doesn't happen in a moment. This isn't some second esoteric event like your salvation. This is a consistent daily, hourly routine, putting one spiritual step in front of the other, walking in the Spirit, meaning you're walking in the will of God who is the Spirit in conformity to the person of Christ who is God manifest. I'm compelled as we come to this passage today, however, to just... Um, have you think with me a little bit about the Holy Spirit Himself. To think that we have living in us the Spirit of God is a stunning reality. We need to, to try to enrich our grasp on this great reality. And I hope I can help you to do that a little bit this morning. I think it's pretty obvious to say that the Holy Spirit is the most ignored member of the Trinity. Now, there is far more attention paid to God the Father and uh, certainly God the Son than there is to God the Holy Spirit. In fact, it's safe to say He's not only ignored, but the Holy Spirit is also misunderstood, most frequently misrepresented, insulted, dishonored, and even blasphemed. It seems to me that people are reluctant to say things uh, about God that are not true. Uh, they are concerned not to dishonor God, the Father. I'm convinced that most people, Christian people or people who profess to be Christians, are somewhat reluctant to say anything disparaging about the person of Jesus Christ. But it seems to be that there is just a complete freedom, almost an abandonment to say anything you want to say about the Holy Spirit, even if it isn't true. The Holy Spirit is the most abused member of the Trinity, the most dishonored member of the Trinity. And this is a very serious issue. The first commandment is to have no other God. 
And the great commandment of all commandments is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that implies worship. So we are called, the highest calling of all human beings, of course, and fulfilled only by believers and not perfectly by them in this life. But the highest calling is to worship God, to give Him the glory that He is due. And that means Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. From the book of Exodus where we have commands to worship to the book of Revelation, the last chapter, Revelation 22.9, where we again are told, worship God. All through the Scriptures, from the Pentateuch to the book of Revelation, worship is our priority. And we are commanded on many occasions in Scripture to worship God as He is. To worship any other God or to worship God, having redefined Him, is a violation of the basic responsibility and the basic commandment that God has given. It constitutes taking God's name in vain. And in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7, we read this, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. You don't use the name of God in any empty way, in any pointless way in any misrepresentation. That means Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now that is, as I said, more likely to be applied to how we treat the Father and the Son than apparently how we treat the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is, is abused and has been abused, and not only on an individual level, but collectively through certain movements that have found their way into Christianity. The Holy Spirit is, is blasphemed, seems to me, far more frequently than the Son or the Father. We need to be remembering that the Holy Spirit is equally God with the Son and the Father. Looking at Scripture and just thinking about the Holy Spirit for a few minutes, let me help you to understand the richness of language that defines for us the nature of the Holy Spirit. He is, in Job 33.4, the very breath of the Almighty. He is, in Hebrews 9.14, the eternal Spirit. He is, in Psalm 51.12, the generous Spirit. Psalm 143.10, He is the good Spirit. Psalm 51.11, Ephesians 1 and 4, and elsewhere, the Holy Spirit. He is called the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Son, and the Spirit of life. He is called in Hebrews 10, the Spirit of grace. He is in Isaiah 11, verse 2, the Spirit of wisdom, counsel, might, understanding, knowledge, and fear, which relates to worship. In John 14 and 15, He is the Spirit of truth. In Romans 1, He is the Spirit of holiness. In 1 Peter 4, He's the Spirit of glory. In Revelation 1, He's the sevenfold Spirit, repeating the sevenfold designation from Isaiah 11. In John 14 and 15, He is the Comforter, the one who comes alongside to help. And in Luke 135, He is called the power of the highest, the power of the highest. Now all of these are designations of the Holy Spirit that place Him squarely or triangularly in the Trinity. He is God. He is God the Spirit. That is not to say there are three 
persons independent of each other. There are three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are one in essence, one God manifest in three persons at all times. Now, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I think we tend to hear the word spirit. And when we think spirit, we think of something that is immaterial as opposed to material. Something that is flesh is tangible. It's material. It's visible. It's it's subjective. When we think about spirit, we think of something that is uh, invisible, something that is transitory, something that is simply immaterial. That is not how to understand this word spirit, neither in the Old Testament or the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the word for spirit is ruach, and it's an onomatopoeic word. That is, it sounds like its meaning. It's a breathy word, ruach. And in the New Testament, it's pneuma. Again, it's an onomatopoeic word. In both cases, in the Hebrew and the Greek, it means air in motion. Air in motion. It's talking about power. It's talking about energy. It's not talking about something that is statically immaterial. When we think of the Spirit, we, we can't think of some, some stagnant kind of transparent ghost-like personality. We have to think of power and energy in motion. In fact, the term spirit is so powerful that God breathed into man and he came to life. That the Spirit of God brooded over the entire inanimate creation in Genesis 1 and it all exploded into life. So when you think of the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit, you're not thinking of something immaterial, although He is invisible. You're thinking of power at its highest level. Infinite power, incomprehensible power, the power to create the entire universe out of nothing, the power to recreate the entire universe into a new heaven and a new earth, and the power of life that sustains everything that exists in the universe. In the prophet Micah, we read in chapter 3, verse 8, I am filled with power with the Spirit of the Lord. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about God's power, power to create, power to reveal power to give life, power to regenerate, power to resurrect, power to glorify. Power defines the Holy Spirit. In fact, in Acts 1.8, our Lord said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit is come upon you. It's really important as believers that we understand that what the Lord wants us to see in telling us that the Spirit is in us and we live in the Spirit and we are led by the Spirit is that we have the power of God residing in us. Third of the Old Testament uses of Ruach refer to God's power in a violent way. Yahweh's Ruach is the blast of God, the irresistible power by which He accomplishes His purposes. 
whether creative or destructive. He has power to create. He has power to destroy. By Ruach, God creates everything, including the host of heaven, says Psalm 33.6. So the Holy Spirit is the power of God acting from creation to recreation, consummation. He is fully God. He possesses all of God's attributes, participates in all of God's works. Whatever the Father does, the Spirit does. Whatever the Son does, the Spirit does, and the Father does. Whatever the Spirit does, the Son and the Father do. They do all things together. They are inseparable. And yet, in a mysterious way, they serve in distinctive ways, even within that unity of action. Furthermore, the Spirit is as holy as the Father. He is as gracious as the Son. He is as powerful as the Father, as merciful as the Son. He is as sovereign as the Father. He is as loving as the Son. He is to be worshipped as fully as the Father, as fully as the Son. Thomas Goodwin, the Puritan, said, Our worship is sometimes with the Father, sometimes with the Son, and sometimes with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the believer's heart is drawn out to consider the Father's love in choosing. And then sometimes the love of the Son in redeeming. And then sometimes the love of the Holy Spirit that searches the deep things of God and reveals them to us. And then Goodwin says, we should never be satisfied till all three persons lie level in us a great way to express it, that they have equal place, equal weight, and lie level in us. And then he goes on to say, and we sit there in the midst of them while they all manifest their love to us. Magnificent statement. We live, according to 2 Corinthians 13, 14, in the love of the Father the grace of the Son, and the fellowship of the Spirit. We are engulfed in divine love, divine grace, divine fellowship. We are literally living our lives in the presence of, in the fullness of, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. We've seen that in some of our earlier studies. Sanctification means being filled with the fullness of God. It means being filled with the fullness of Christ so that you're like Him. It means being filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It's time for us, I think, to worship the Spirit in the way that He deserves to be worshipped. Where, where are the sermons on the Holy Spirit? Where are the books on the Holy Spirit? Where are the songs of praise to the Holy Spirit? Somehow, He gets left out much more than is right. In fact, over the last number of years, the church has focused strongly on defending the character of God and the nature of God because theological liberalism has assaulted God. And the church has risen to defend God. And also in that same time period, Christ and the gospel has been under attack. And so the church has amassed its forces and its power to defend the truth concerning the Son of God. There have been almost endless tomes 
written on God the Father and God the Son. But during that period of time, there has been very little substantial thinking and writing and defending the Holy Spirit. Conferences abound and books abound on the Son and the work of the Son, and rightly so, and occasionally even on the Father, rarely on the Holy Spirit. The whole evangelical church seems to be marshaled to defend the Father and the Son, but to let assaults on the Holy Spirit go without any opposition. We have answered bad theology on the Father and answered it well. We've answered bad theology on the Son and answered it well. We have not answered bad theology on the Spirit well. In fact, there hasn't really been a significant book defending biblically the doctrine of the Holy Spirit since back in the 1990s. One of the reasons that we wanted to produce the book Biblical Theology was because there is a very, very outstanding section in that book on the Holy Spirit. Why has the Holy Spirit been diminished? Well, I think there may be some practical reasons why that has happened, and I need to let you know what they are. Just as a warning, uh, we have a very, very extensive movement in the church, the professing church, called pragmatism. Pragmatism, seeker kind of friendly churches, it's an old term that was used the last couple of decades. Pragmatism basically says that um, the church grows by virtue of its strategies. It grows by virtue of its plans, its designs, its devices, its innovations, its techniques. And the um, Christian book that has outsold all other Christian books, uh, the author simply says, um, if, um, if I know the felt need of a person, I can lead anybody to Christ. Really, that's a lot of power. That's a lot of power. You have a technique. If you know something about that person, you have the technique and lead anybody to Christ. That kind of pragmatism has no need for the Holy Spirit. And that's why with the burgeoning and exploding of pragmatic forms of Christianity that are built around techniques and methodologies, this is a kind of um, virtual denial of the sovereignty of God, a virtual accessing uh, to Arminianism, if you will. There really is a very, very minor role for the Holy Spirit to play. It's almost as if He's not necessary. We can get it done because we have the strategy. And then there are the rock star churches uh, designed to appeal to worldly tastes, and worldly tastes particularly of non-Christians and yet at the same time to keep Christians connected to the worst features of the culture, they are no less man-centered than the seeker kind of churches, even if they get the gospel right. But they also don't really need the Holy Spirit. They, uh, they think entertainment will do the job. Uh, entertainment will draw people in and uh, they'll feel good and out of the feel-good kind of thing, uh, they'll open their minds to Jesus. Where you have a dominant pragmatism, such as is manifested in these kinds of churches, you have disinterest in the Holy Spirit. All market-driven, pragmatic approaches to the Christian gospel and the spread of the truth by their own nature 
aren't dependent on the Holy Spirit. Consequently, those kinds of ministries have little interest in the Holy Spirit, little interest in prayer. And then, of course, on top of that, there is the very ubiquitous and fast-growing movement around the world of, that we call the charismatic movement. The charismatic movement, because it will not define the person and work of the Holy Spirit accurately and biblically, allows for anything and everything to be assigned to the Holy Spirit, allows for anything and everything to be attributed to the Holy Spirit. Every imaginable kind of behavior, every impression, every experience, every subjective feeling, every supposed vision, every supposed um, conversation with God, appearance of Christ, trip to heaven, you name it, whatever it is, it all gets attributed to the Holy Spirit. It's kind of a third column in Christianity. And it has largely become the enemy of the Holy Spirit because it allows things to be attributed to the Holy Spirit which He would have nothing to do with. He is dishonored greatly. It is not loving the Holy Spirit to attribute things to Him that He would have nothing to do with. It is not worship to Him to credit Him for things that He would never be a part of. It does not honor or glorify Him at all. There are in the world now about half a billion people who identify themselves as charismatics. Half a billion people. And ubiquitous in this movement is abuse of the Holy Spirit. It's not to say that none of them give some honor to the Holy Spirit. It is to say by virtue of the movement itself, it allows for everything to be attributed to Him. The Bible warns us not to resist the Holy Spirit. It warns us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. It warns us not to resist the Holy Spirit. But blaspheming the Holy Spirit is the worst. And any time you attribute something to the Holy Spirit that isn't true of Him, that's a kind of blasphemy. Just an illustration, a book has been circulating for a while called Heaven is for Real. I made a movie out of it. In that book, supposedly, a little boy goes to heaven, comes back, and gives us a revelation of the Holy Spirit. This is what it says. The Holy Spirit is a blue, transparent ghost you can see through who shoots down power shots from heaven. goes on to say, Jesus is a short person, but what He lacks in stature He makes up for in power. Five million of those sold in nine months. There is a biblical view of the Holy Spirit and of Christ. We don't need the view that comes out of some experience imposed, I think, by the parents of some poor little kid. That is the kind of thing that the evangelical community swallows up in the millions, all of it dishonoring to the Holy Spirit. We would think that the Holy Spirit is busy giving visions, revelations, speaking in tongues, prophecies, miracles, all kinds of strange experiences, bizarre experiences. You know, in Matthew chapter 12, when 
the leaders of Israel said about Jesus, you do what you do by the power of Satan, he said you blaspheme the Spirit. They blasphemed the Spirit by attributing to Satan the works of Christ. I think that's been reversed in the charismatic movement. And they blaspheme the Spirit by attributing the works of Satan to Christ. They attributed the works of Christ to Satan in Jesus' day. Now they attribute the works of Satan to the Holy Spirit or to the Spirit of Christ. And what has made this so challenging for the church is because the, these folks have demanded acceptance. They have demanded acceptance for a myriad of unbiblical ideas. Their books dominate Christian bookstores. They dominate Christian media. They demand to be accepted, that their deceptions and delusions and confusions be accepted. And if we don't accept them, we are the divisive ones. We are disrupting the unity of the church. That then pushes people back. People don't want to be accused of being divisive. Through the years, um, I have been accused of being divisive, and people who teach the truth, as I do, I'm not the only one, but it seems like um, it has come to me. First of all, there are some people, I suppose, who disagree with my view of God, uh, but not a lot. There are, there are more who disagree with my view of the Lordship of Christ, that's for sure. But the greatest amount of hostility that comes back at me is over the view of the Holy Spirit. Because there is this massive movement that wants to attribute to the Holy Spirit anything that anybody wants to. People are less eager to do that with the Father and less eager to do that with the Son. But they think the Holy Spirit is not threatening. They think they can say anything about Him and it's okay. And what they have done is the Holy Spirit has become their golden calf. They have created an idol with the name of God that is not God. That caused God to, to slaughter thousands of people in the wilderness. That doesn't go unpunished. That's taking His name in vain. This is cultivated, emotion-driven, superficial, carnal stimulation falsely called worship it's polluted the biblical doctrines of prayer, faith, contentment, humility, attacked the sovereignty of God, spawned all kinds of unrighteous people in positions of leadership and unrighteous behaviors. And in earlier days, its, its proponents really would have been called heretics. But instead, they want to set the rules for what must be tolerated, and anybody who questions any of this is divisive and even accused of blaspheming the Spirit. No group collectively has ever done more to dishonor the Holy Spirit. We have to get it right. So how do we know when the Spirit is working? Somebody might say, well, people fall over backwards or start giggling or laughing or go into trances or hypnosis or speak in tongues or have convulsions. Or jump up and down. How do we how do we know? How do we know when the Holy Spirit is working? Look back at Galatians five, verse twenty-two. Here's how you know. This is what you will see: the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
And you will also see that the flesh with its passions and desires, verse 24, has been crucified. That's the fruit of the Spirit. The silence must end. The honor and worship of God, the eternal Spirit, is our highest priority. We need to look genuinely and truly at the work that the Spirit does. We know what the New Testament says. The Spirit convicts of sin. The Spirit regenerates. The Spirit is involved in justification. 1 Corinthians 6.11, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. The Spirit adopts us, Romans 8. The Spirit takes up residence in us, same chapter. We're baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians 12. The Spirit empowers us, Ephesians 3.16. The Spirit gives us spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians 12. The Spirit illuminates us, 1 Corinthians 2. And what we're seeing here, the Spirit produces in us fruit, and the fruit is named, it is labeled. When a person is under the full control of the Holy Spirit, that person will act like Christ, okay? Because it is the Spirit's work to conform us to the image of Christ. So just to wrap up our thoughts, let's look at the role the Spirit played in the life of Christ. The Holy Spirit was Christ's inseparable companion from the womb to the tomb to the throne. Since the Lord in His incarnation came into the world, He emptied Himself of His divine prerogatives, personal use of His divine power, voluntarily turned Himself over to the will of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And throughout the time that He was on earth until He ascended back to the throne, it was the Spirit working through Him to do the will of God. This is how you have to understand the incarnation. The Lord Jesus did the Father's will in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when they accused Him of being satanic, in Matthew 12, He said, You blasphemed the Spirit. Now let's think about it. Go back to the very beginning in Luke chapter 1, where the angel comes to Mary, angel Gabriel, and says, you found favor with God. Verse 31, you're going to conceive in your womb, bear a son. Call his name Jesus. He'll be great, the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will have no end. So the, Mary says to the angel, how can this be? How, how can... Th this is an incomprehensible miracle. You're telling me that God, the Son, is going to come into my womb? How can this be? Answer, verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and for that reason the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. The, the virgin conception was by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's work began at the conception of the Son of God in the womb of Mary. The Holy Spirit was upon Him from then on. The Holy Spirit was on him when, she was, when he was in her womb, as we know. And when he was a child, 
It says in Luke 2 that he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God. Wisdom, stature, and favor with God. Who is doing that in him? The Holy Spirit is doing that as he grows from, from an infant to a young man. By the age of 12, the Holy Spirit has grown him into a godly young man. At his baptism, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, demonstrating that the Spirit was on him to empower him. At his temptation, it was the Holy Spirit who led him into the wilderness to be tempted so that he could triumph over Satan and establish his conquering posture. It was the Holy Spirit who led him into the wilderness to be tempted. We learn that in Mark and Matthew and Luke. It was the Holy Spirit who empowered him in his ministry. It tells us in Luke 4 that he ministered in the power of the Spirit, Acts 10, 38. And uh, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit and power. That's why he could do what he did. His ministry was in the power of the Spirit. I don't know if you've ever thought of it, but his death was a work of the Holy Spirit. You ask, um, he went to death. He went to death with his eyes wide open. He knew what was coming. Where did he find the power for that? How did he, how did he power through Gethsemane? Not my will, but yours be done. Knowing what was about to come, how did he do that? Answer Hebrews 9.14. How much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God. It was the power of the Spirit that took Him to the cross. It was the power of the Spirit that was His strength, His resolve, conceived in the womb of Mary by the Spirit, directed as a child to full godly development by the Spirit, empowered at His baptism by the Spirit, taken into temptation and out triumphantly by the Holy Spirit, empowered for ministry by the Spirit, taken to the cross by the Spirit. Romans chapter 1, verse 4, declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead according to the Spirit of holiness, raised by the Spirit. And even after His resurrection, 40 days before His ascension, when He was taken up into heaven, he had given orders to the apostles whom He had chosen by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles. Forty days of teaching in the power of the Spirit. The Spirit was His constant companion from the womb to the tomb to the throne. Look at Christ. That's what a Spirit-controlled person looks like. Nothing bizarre, nothing strange. Love to God that is perfect. Obedience to God that is perfect. Love to man that is perfect. Compassion that is perfect. All the attributes. In fact, what you see in Jesus is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's a Spirit-controlled person. Under the complete control of the Spirit of God, He lived a perfectly sinless, God-honoring life, and He showed us what a Spirit-empowered life is like. His doctrine was pure and true. His love was comprehensive in height and depth and length and breadth. His behavior was impeccable. His attitudes were perfectly righteous. 
His words were the very words of God. No one ever lived like Him. No one ever thought like Him. No one ever spoke like Him. That's a perfectly Spirit-controlled person. What interests the Holy Spirit is not knocking people down, not having them do foolish, incomprehensible things. What interests the Holy Spirit is making them like Christ. That's His work. So when Paul says, I'm in labor again until Christ is formed in you, Paul is saying, I have to do my part to bring you the truth of God, which becomes the tool that the Holy Spirit uses to make you like the Lord. This is a incomprehensible gift that the Lord has given us to give us the very same Spirit He gave His Son. The difference is it's a battle for us. It wasn't for Him. We are simultaneously righteous and sinful. He was only righteous. So the problem is not the Holy Spirit. It's what? It's us. Which is why you need the Word of God. You need the means of grace. You need prayer. You need the fellowship of the saints. All of these things that work together by the power of the Holy Spirit to resist the flesh. Verse 17, The flesh sets its desire against the Spirit. The Spirit against the flesh. They're in opposition to one another. But there's a wonderful promise here. The Spirit is there so that you may not do the things that you please. Paul says in Romans 7, I do things I don't really want to do. Something in me wants to do them. There's, a, there's restraint in me. There's a battle in me. That restraint is the Holy Spirit who is there opposing your flesh so that you don't do the things that you naturally please to do. That is, that is a clear illustration of a sanctified person. You don't do what pleases you, you do what pleases God. And that is Christ, perfectly pleasing God all the time in the power of the Holy Spirit. He is in us. We live by the Spirit. We are led by the Spirit. Now it's up to us. Walk in the Spirit. One step after another. What an amazing reality it is to understand what God has given us in giving us Himself. Father, we thank You for the fellowship that we have enjoyed this morning. Grateful uh, that we have each other. We all, we all contribute in so many different ways, just being together, uh, singing together, praying together, 
making friendships, building relationships. We all serve one another in so many, many ways. And it, it's enriching. We have wonderful musicians and folks who lead us in worship. And we have teachers and folks who take care of our children and people who care about us and teach us truth. And that's all so wonderful. But beyond all of that, we have You living in us. This is, this is more than we can even comprehend. You live in us by Your Spirit, even as You lived in Your own Son by Your Spirit. Lord, help us to grasp the greatness of that reality and to live in a way that would honor the Holy Spirit. May we worship Him for who He really is and attribute to Him those things that He truly does. And Lord, bring an end to the nonsense of things that are blamed on Him, that are so dishonoring. Help us to, to honor the Spirit and to honor Him by being filled with the fruit that He produces. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. In this, we will truly worship Him. We pray, Lord, this morning for some who will be with us for sure, who have never known the Spirit because they've never come to Christ and confessed Him as Lord and Savior. They've never come to You and asked You to forgive them of their sins and save them from eternal hell. They've never come to You and repented of their sin and asked to be forgiven and given the gift of salvation, the free gift of salvation just for asking. But I pray, Lord, that this would be that day when Your Spirit would prompt their hearts. O Holy Spirit, move on hearts even now to convict of sin and righteousness and judgment, to convince them of the truth of Christ and the Gospel. Spirit, move in power to recreate them, to bring life to death, light to darkness. Bring dead sinners to life in Christ. And blessed Holy Spirit, do Your work in every life. Accomplish Your purpose. For Your glory we pray. Amen. You've been listening to John MacArthur, Bible teacher with Grace to You. For free access to all of John's lessons and a listing of study Bibles and books available for sale, visit Grace to You's website, gty.org. And for details about the Masters University where John serves as president, go to masters.edu. John MacArthur and Grace to You reserve all copyright protection under applicable law. Our copyright policy is available at gty.org and includes instructions for and limitations on duplicating this digital file. Writing this to you, I really hope you hear my heart When thinking about describing you, I really don't know where to start Can't start at the beginning, cause you are before the beginning Way before the beginning, and this fallen world's distorted opinions It was just the holy trinity, ruling from infinity Glory blazed tremendously, loving one another endlessly Billions, billions of years ago, outside of what we know as time Nobody else was there to know, but Lord, here's the thing that blows my mind 
Yes, I mean, let's catch it here on Trippy Toll Radio. And what I'm going to do next for you is play from Goldfish called My God here on Trippy Toll Radio. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God Tasteless water? This is Ken Ham, and we produce the family-friendly Answers Bible Curriculum. Our tongues can sense five basic tastes, sweet, salty, sour, bitter, and savory. 
Well, a study from last year suggests we can sense a sixth taste, tasteless water. Research on mice found that their sour taste receptors also seem to be able to taste water. They help a mouse figure out what is water and what isn't. They also help tell the brain when the mouse's thirst is quenched. Now, this study hasn't been replicated in humans yet, but it seems likely that it could be. You know, the more we learn about God's creation, the more amazing we realize it is. Next time you grab a cold glass of water, stop and thank our Creator for His very good gifts. There's so much more to learn about God's remarkable creation. Visit us at AnswersRadio.com to discover more. And sign up for free daily email insights at AnswersRadio.com.
by a show of hands, how many of you are sinners? Yeah, everyone's hand should be raised. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen way short of God's perfection. Here's another question. How many of you are criminals? Raise your hand. Uh, the same hand should be raised. Most people might agree they're sinners. Hey, no one's perfect, right? But hardly anyone thinks of themselves as a criminal, even criminals. Yet that's exactly what sin makes us. The Bible says sin is lawlessness. You might say, wait, I haven't broken any laws. But you have. You've broken God's law. You've committed perjury. You've slandered God's good name. You're a murderer. Hey, I haven't murdered anybody. But according to Jesus, you have. If you've ever hated anyone or called them names, you've murdered in your heart and you're worthy of hell. Whoa, that's a little extreme, Sent to hell because I said a bad word? Yes, God is so holy, sinners cannot stand in his presence. Sin is no small thing. You think it's no big deal because, hey, you're a sinner. But remember, Adam and Eve's sin resulted in all of creation being cursed. That's how serious sin is. It's so serious, you needed Jesus to live perfectly as your representative and die in your place as your substitute. Everyone who believes in him will be forgiven and have eternal life. On the day of judgment, you'll not be sentenced as a criminal, but received as an heir. Christ will send his angels to gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. But the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of the Father. If God has pardoned you in Christ, live as someone who has been rehabilitated and do not return to a life of crime when we understand the text. That's uh, when we understand text, WWTT, also known as what? And it's on YouTube and also at WWTT.com. And you should see the video that because it shows the verses, help support that. And it's called Are You a Sinner? And you're seeing me, Melissa Cantrell, here on truthfeetoldradio.com. I'm assuming truthfeetoldradio, and our website is truthfeetoldradio.com. And next, there's also this, this is from Wretched. No, it's not Christmas, but we want to give you a gift anyway. If you would like a free, that's right, free, no-strings-attached copy of our latest resource, Christian Liberty, simply visit wretched.org slash liberty. Those people who don't act in response to the good news that they've been made clean and white, washed white as snow probably don't believe it in the first place. This might come as a surprise to you. Most likely you grew up in some sort of a church as a child. Jesus talked about wheat and tares. He talked about wise virgins and foolish virgins. He talked about good fish and rotten fish. He was alluding to a problem that exists inside of the church. There are true converts and there are false converts. And those who leave were never amongst us in the first place. And here's why I'm here today. I hope that kind of answered it. I'm here today because I know statistically that 60 to 80% of y'all that are gathered here right now went to church as a child, but you're questioning things right now. Or you've completely abandoned the faith. Or you have found yourself living in a lifestyle of sin that is causing you to feel very, very guilty and unclean, and you just hope your folks won't find out about it when you go home for vacation. When you were at home, you maybe went to youth group, you did the activities, lots of pizza parties, but you never got off your high horse. You never humbled yourself before the mighty hand of God and put your trust in Jesus Christ alone. So if that describes you and you are here today, let me just announce to you, based on the authority, not of me, but on God's word, it is not too late for you. 
Your sins can be forgiven. Perhaps you came here and you have done deeds you never imagined that you would perform, but you have. Jesus will forgive you. He is mighty to save. If you have had an abortion, I am here to tell you that you are not going to be the first woman or man involved in an abortion that God is not willing to forget if you will come to him on his terms. If you will repent and put your trust in Jesus, he'll forgive you. Come, ye sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore. Jesus, ready, stands to save you, full of pity, love, and power. Have you performed and committed sexual acts? Maybe. You're one of those guys, thanks for your patience, you're one of those guys who looks at pornography a lot. You're not beyond God's grace, but you must repent. Now, this does not mean you become perfect, but it means you no longer desire those things. You don't want those dirty things anymore. I want the one who died to save me from those dirty things. So you change your direction, not in perfection, but with a new attitude. We stumble, we fall, I still sin, every professing Christian sins, but God grows us progressively in sanctification. And if you're not growing in sanctification, chances are very good you're not actually in Christ. You can be forgiven. I know, I know what type of people are here. And God will save you to the uttermost if you will repent and put your trust in him alone today. That was from Wretched, I got that from their Facebook uh, page called Wretched, also W-R-E-T-C-H-E-D, Wretched, and it's called A Message for Backsliders. And I want to say Happy Mother's Day to you if you're listening live, and when we record this, (laughs) it's Mother's Day, so Happy Mother's Day, even if you just got fur babies like me, I got, we got cats, three cats, uh, so I call for babies, and um, thanks for listening, and let's see what I'm going to do for you now, I'm play something from Answers in Genesis, here on Trophy Tori. Now don't feed the birds, or they'll evolve. This is Ken Ham, with a passion for sharing God's word with the world. Bird feeding is popular across the UK. So popular, in fact, that some scientists say it's driving rapid evolution. Now, here's what's really happening. Scientists observe that birds in the UK have different shaped beaks from birds of the same species in the Netherlands. Bird feeding is much less popular for the Dutch. This beak shape seems to help these UK birds get seeds out of the feeders more effectively. So birds that have already had this variation were selected for. But this isn't evolution. Birds remain birds. The information for this beak shape was already there. Nothing new was created. This is rapid adaptation, not evolution. Want to know more about adaptation in a creation worldview? Go to AnswersRadio.com and listen to this program and others or view a transcript at AnswersRadio.com. Yeah. Soli Deo Gloria. (laughs) It's like deja vu, right? Yo, I'm back, but 
nobody was asking where I've been Cause Christ in the music is no longer the hot trend Logic says, well maybe I should just stop then But I never got into this for a spot in the top ten I do this for one reason Jesus the true king, son To help God's elect obey Hebrews 3.1 And though the rap world is ever crowded If heaven allows it, I'll keep writing for the 7,000 I know you out there, I still get the emails Against the church of Christ, the gates of hell will never prevail It's founded on the rock, and the gospel never stops So we dropping the topic, whether it's popular or not Sin is not just toxic, and the clock is going to stop God is not to be boxed with the wrath of God is burning hot We were locked in sin's closet, our conflict was cosmic God plotted to stop and hit the demonic with a shot I was copping narcotics, agnostic with a plot No optics for the knowledge of the God who often not Jesus rocked me with the gospel and it tied me up in knots So I hopped in a rocket and met the prophet at the top, yo That's just another way of saying I met God in the scriptures But we just gonna let that breathe for a second, you know what I mean? The Bible says he was been forgiven much, loves much We gonna talk about BC a little bit My depravity was total, not small like pops I was chained to sin, I couldn't take off the locks I thought I was a player, a match with the flavor Say so yeah, I know what the time is, but I ain't bet Isaiah I would chuckle daily as I paid for disgrace My eyes were always puffy like I got sprayed with mace I would toot my horn at parties, and I would do bars Got so intoxicated, I was ready to do Mars Notorious for acting pretty silly in my city Philly Friends hear about it and be like, whoa, did he really? Because I played dirty Bill Lambeer style Through great mercy, spirit-filled and dear child Went from so gritty to headed to a gold city In Christ I shine, the world's like no biggie Whatever, time to sing, I'm putting faith on the song 112, displayed in John, the way to respond When his patience runs out, then it's time for the ride, man Microwave, wrath of God, fam That's why, because of Christ, I got mad joy All I'm saying is I used to be a bad boy But nowadays, I'm regenerated Born again from above, fam How else can I say that? Went from various vices to a kid that's married to Christ Using literary devices to spit is very precise My conversion to the master was so dramatic I just wanted to be an ambassador or fanatic The gospel was my tonic With Christ, I couldn't lose But to walk with God like Enoch I knew I couldn't cruise This walk is a beast But nothing's greater than the cross Saw the mark of the east And the raiders of the laws While power records were choosing to carry G-Unit I was on that revolutionary theme the brothers from the Lou held it down as well But we noticed a big shift in 2012 Around the time Jackie asked me about Calvinism Christian hip-hop found a different algorithm And crossed over without taking the crossover Made us all sober years later, is it all over? Trip asked me if I was still motivated I was quiet, but I wanted to say no, I hate it Cause brothers in your camp causing lots of confusion I love them as brothers in Christ, but not their conclusions They want to reach the world, by all means, keep pursuing it But tell me, why they got it? This the church while they doing it That's what I wanted to say But I ain't say it though But no more laying low I want them to play it slow And I ain't dissing them My prayers are the proof Like Boaz without Ruth Is unity without truth CHH is like gorillas in the mist With no brotherly love It's like Philly don't exist What's happening here? It's a different atmosphere Cats appear most concerned About a rap career Brothers overseas Being slain in the sand While we're vain in our plan Taking fame and some fans And I ain't got time to philosophize Satan got a plot Device. I'm seeing lots of guys apostatize On top of all that, Donald Trump's the president It's all good though, cause Jesus Trump's the president So more than ever, I'm trying to rep the Lord who bled And we ain't never gonna stop, word to Corey Red I'm just trying to give a healthy demonstration A theocentric music for the selfie generation See the problem is sin, no riddle in it Cause all sin got eyes 
die in the middle of it. We're mad to praise and truly evil. We need to be born again without a Matt Damon movie sequel. In the gospel, God addresses our depravity. The lamb slain at Calvary, the depths of his agony. He rose from the grave with abundant grace. And when we come in faith, he'll bring us up from the sunken place. Our sins, decrepit depths, left the mess. No rest was left till Jesus put death to death. The beauty of the victory truly is a mystery. The cross of Jesus Christ is at the nucleus of history. Before the cross, they were saved on credit. After the cross, we've been saved on debit. Since our champion in the great war suffered, we gonna proclaim his death like the Lord's Supper. So welcome to the Still Jesus Project. Yo, we just getting started and we got a lot left.
and shuffles praise you there's gofish with that you can find them at gofishguys.com gofishguys g-o-f-i-s-h-g-u-i-s dot seal and that's gofish like I said and thanks for listening to Tribute Hall Radio with your number one them call safe I have a bottle that I read I know the truth and I believe I go to church with my friends that built a full-size Noah's Ark south of Cincinnati. There is nothing fun about having a cold or the flu. And then there's the more serious ailments like pneumonia or bronchitis. And the list goes on. So why is our world full of disease? Well, Genesis tells us that God's original creation was very good. But when sin came into the world, so did death and suffering. And now creation groans. You see, the bacteria and viruses that make us sick today were originally created very good. Most bacteria and even viruses still perform their original very good functions. 
but some have gone rogue. They cause sickness and disease. That's why we need the new heavens and earth. Want to learn more about a biblical view of death and suffering? Go to AnswersRadio.com and listen to this program and others or view a transcript at AnswersRadio.com. Let me start this off with a hallelujah to Jesus, the sovereign ruler. This is not a rumor. God, the truth, so we about to school you. Check out a style maneuver. Shout it to you like the loudest group of Christ. Put us up from out the sewer. We don't have to doubt the future. Crashing our verses as we bask in his worship. You asking the purpose, partly to snatch hats from the furnace. To Jesus' extravagant service, immaculate purchase. He was smashing the serpent, and we only scratching the surface. He proceeded was conceived in the womb of a virgin. The sun emerges in the manger while the angels serenade him. It's the birth of the Savior, the greater ambient. Came a man, came as a lamb, and would be executed to execute the plan to substitute the sand. In the place of the wicked on the cross, he was lifted, but we considered him stricken and afflicted, just like the prophets predicted. He came at the proper moment to stop his opponent and lay down his life to offer atonement. He's the most magnificent, the total antithesis of insufficient, the blessed, the glorious, splendid, transcendent, difficult to comprehend, independent of space and time, but presently present, suspending the heavens with speech. From coast to coast, he speaks peace to wind and seas, got heavenly hosts easily. Posted on bended knees, controls the cosmos with the most authority. So we both in the most exalted King Christ supreme. He's the sovereign thriller, the awesome healer, the law fulfiller, the solemn killer, the fraud revealer. No God is realer, yeah. We can take any time in the scripture. Put the gate into prominent picture. See his light shining bright in the night, and his bright in the might, and the diamond in the mixture. See his name at all the renown, though. When he came for the lost that he found, though. He was tamed and floss all around, but remained for the manger, the cross, or the clown. Yo, Satan had a shirt hold on him. Fight for the rope, but dope, and then. All to the eyes of the S to the E to the end. That's what we hoping in. Risen on it's spell check, the risen king can rinse clean the most rebellious. I was hell bound, now I'm spellbound. Word is born, I'm a bond servant to the word of life. Uh, call me a sellout, I was fought with a price. We gotta hope it won't fail us when we return to the dust. We will rise up just like the one who justified us. It's not wishful thinking when the truth's sinking. We are clinging to the promises of God bringing an everlasting kingdom. Nothing can compare to the worth of what we inherited. Nothing in heaven on earth can measure what Christ merited. The skies declare the affairs of his glorious care. The God who is there, who's aware, who delights in our prayer. His purposes are permanent and perfectly proportionate. Everything that orbits around his glory subordinate. He is the most excellent one, intrinsic, infinite son. Preeminent the name, par excellence, prenom, phenomenon. He's beyond phenomenon, you see, the father of cosmology, the abba of astronomy. He's part of we, a pottery. It's shocking Jesus died for me. The father, he adopted me and constantly provides for me. Whether or not I got degrees, you gotta see his odyssey. From sovereignty and lottery to poverty and robbery to resurrected bodily apocalyptic prophecy he's stopping all the mockery and scholarly snobbery that don't acknowledge him properly you ought to be on bended knee before the preeminent it's awfully arrogant to reject him to your detriment study the development from old to new testament you'll find a theme that's prevalent from age to age it's relevant crisis on its center stage forget religious sentiments the center on man but something less is what you're settling he is the most excellent exercising benevolence and blessing a remnant with the benefits of his inheritance yeah, the sinner sinners that Separated and segregated that severed the relations between man and his maker and placed Christ on his costly cross and compensated his life, death, and resurrection emancipated and gave us freedom from it all, freedom from the effects of the fall, freedom from Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden and from the law. So the saints stand and applaud his grace and glorious cause with hands raised, praising his name, singing glory to God. <laughs> Oh, what? 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 Oh,
featuring beautiful eulogy with a song called Supreme. And now on Trifi Toll Radio, there's another one by Shyla called Stena. Hey, yo, they said it was over, man. They said it was over. But it ain't over. We just getting started. Yo, 7,000, we all at. Let's go. Stand up, stand up. If you truly love the son of man, trust. Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive. And his fame is going to spread across the land. What's up? Stand up, stand up. Does anybody love the son of man? Trust. Jesus is the king, so his people we will sing. And forever stay worthy is the land. What's up? Surprise, I'm back in your section With Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection More power than gravity His knowledge and strategies confound the academy Bow to his majesty He paid sin's salary, took up blame on Calvary Those who love his name spread his fame is the policy All eyes on the mattress price of his sacrifice That's prize, I'm after Christ and rise in the afterlife What, did we forget about the holiness of God or something? Did we forget that God owes us a ride or something? See the snake bruise when Christ came to save dudes Who hate truth, the gospel it's not fake news Our debt is sin The gospel sweeter than it's ever been Ain't nothing changed Let us in We got the medicine It's still human emergency The serpent attack You think Jesus can't save? That's alternative facts Stand up, stand up If you truly love the son of man Trust, Jesus is alive And his people he'll revive And his fame is gonna spread across the land What's up? Stand up, stand up Does anybody love the son of man? Trust Jesus is the king, so his people we will sing and forever stay worthy is the land. What's up? Listen to my composition Lots of rhythm but not traditional Kind of different But God's consistent No contradiction My proposition Through crucifixion He mocked and crippled His opposition It's not some fiction I'm spitting The son of God is risen And my incentive for godly living Is I'm forgiven Jesus came to unlock the prison And through the spirit He brings a new birth Like an obstetrician At times I listen A lot of Christian hip-hop is missing The proper vision It's my suspicion We drop the mission Not to this But the word of God Is it not sufficient The doctrine is That the gospel fixes our Shot condition, God the Spirit supplies conviction through proper diction. Against the backdrop of our tradition, the gospel glistens. A squad of Christians go out and witness a God's commission. Cause Jesus Christ got the top position, no competition. Stand up, hands up. If you truly love the Son of Man, trust. Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive. And his fame is going to spread across the land. What's up? Stand up, hands up. Does anybody love the Son of Man? Trust. Jesus is the King, so his people we will sing and forever stay worthy is the land. What's up? They want Jesus in the background like elevator music, but we gon' celebrate and relegate him, we refuse it. They hate Christian hip-hop, I peep myself. They say we too redundant, well let me repeat myself. What I gotta say almost feels too real estate. Sit back and feel the weight of what a real estate. Cause yo, Jesus Christ got me in the real estate. I'm purchased property, I feel like I'm real estate. If the Father wasn't gracious, no sin in him. Again, he came straight blameless, no sin in him. Again, nothing's been the same since, no sin in him. Again, fakers lack his fragrance, no sin in them. This is not the picture in a frame to still Jesus. Nah, we serve the, the rock, the harder than still Jesus. So how are we gonna be silent, let the world still Jesus? When the world and its trends pass away, it's still Jesus. Stand up, hand up. If you truly love the Son of Man, trust. Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive. And his fame is gonna spread across the land. What's up? Stand up, hand up. Does anybody love the Son of Man? Trust. Jesus is the king, so his people we will sing and forever stay worthy is the land. What's up? <laughs> worthy is the land. 
is the lamb. What's up? Did we domesticate ourselves? This is Ken Ham, President of the Apologetics Ministry of Answers in Genesis. The story of evolution goes something like this. Those who are the fittest, the toughest, or the strongest survive and reproduce. Others die out. But according to other studies, tameness was supposedly selected for in human evolution. Now this somehow resulted in genetic changes as we supposedly domesticated ourselves. They say this allowed humans who ganged up against bullies to get ahead. In other words, the nice guy wins. But this goes against evolution's story of survival of the fittest. This story is always changing because it's just that, a story invented by humans about the past. Let's start with God's unchanging word. Plan your visit to the Creation Museum and the full-size Noah's Ark when you go to AnswersRadio.com and listen to this apologetics program again at AnswersRadio.com. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood.
that is Bless Your Shirt by Goldfish. And next we got for you is Fruit of Spirit. Ready? Do the bop, do the bop, do the bop, yeah. First and second Samuel, first. 
Happy Mother's Day. This is Ken Ham, and I'm on a mission to call the church back to God's Word and the Gospel. This Sunday is Mother's Day in the United States, a time set aside to appreciate and celebrate our mothers. Now, some parents look around and see what appear to be perfect families, and they feel discouraged. They wonder what they're doing wrong with theirs. But every family, no matter how great they look, has problems of its own. This all goes back to Genesis. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, they brought suffering and disobedience into the world. Mums, because of sin, you now have a very hard job. Today we want to say thank you for the hard work and prayers you pour into the lives of your children. Don't be discouraged. You're appreciated. Discover answers to your questions about the Bible at AnswersRadio.com and subscribe to receive free email insights from Ken Ham each day at AnswersRadio.com. Hey, yo, they said it was over, man. They said it was over, but it ain't over. We're just getting started. Yo, 7,000, we all at. Let's go. Stand up. Love the son of man, trust, Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive and his fame is going to spread across the land, what's up, stand up, hands up, does anybody love the son of man, 
Academy, bowed to his majesty, he paid thin salary, took up blame on Calvary, those who love his name spread his fame is the policy, all eyes on the mattress price of his sacrifice, that's prize, I'm asked to Christ and rise in the afterlife, what, did we forget about the holiness of God or something, did we forget that God owes us a ride or something, see the snake bruise when Christ came to save dudes who hate truth, the gospel is not fake news, our debt is sin, the gospel sweeter than it's ever been, ain't nothing changed, let us sin, we got the medicine, it's still human emergency, the serpent attack, you think Jesus can't save, that's alternative facts, stand up, hands up, if you truly love the son of man, trust, Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive and his fame is going to spread across the land, what's up, stand up, hands up, does anybody love the son of man, trust, Jesus is the king, so his people we will sing and forever stay worthy is the land, what's up. Stop and listen to my composition Lots of rhythm but not traditional, kinda different But God's consistent, no contradiction, my proposition Through crucifixion, he mocked and crippled his opposition It's not some fiction, I'm spitting, the Son of God is risen And my incentive for godly living is I'm forgiven Jesus came to unlock the prison And through the Spirit, he brings a new birth like an obstetrician At times I listen, a lot of Christian hip-hop is missing The proper vision, it's my suspicion, we drop the mission Not to this, but the Word of God, is it not sufficient? The doctrine is that the gospel fits is our shot condition. God the Spirit supplies conviction through proper diction. Against the backdrop of our tradition, the gospel glistens. A squad of Christians go out and witness a God's commission. Cause Jesus Christ got the top position, no competition. Stand up, hands up. If you truly love the Son of Man, trust. Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive and his fame is going to spread across the land. What's up? Stand up, hands up. Does anybody love the Son of Man? Trust. Jesus is the King, so his people we will sing and forever stay worthy is the land. What's up? They want Jesus in the background like elevator music, but we gon' celebrate and relegate him, we refuse it. They hate Christian hip-hop, I peep myself. They say we too redundant, well let me repeat myself. What I gotta say almost feels too real estate. Sit back and feel the weight of what a real estate. Cause yo, Jesus Christ got me in the real estate. I'm purchased property, I feel like I'm real estate. If the Father wasn't gracious, no synonym. Again, he came straight blameless, no synonym. Again, nothing's been the same since, no synonym. Again, fakers lack his fragrance, no synonym. This is not the picture in a frame to still Jesus. Nah, we serve the rock, the harder than still Jesus. So how are we gonna be silent, let the world still Jesus? When the world and its trends pass away, it's still Jesus. Stand up, hands up. If you truly love the Son of Man, trust. Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive and his fame is gonna spread across the land. What's up? Stand up, hands up. Does anybody love the Son of Man? Trust. Jesus is the King, so his people we will sing and forever stay worthy is the land. What's up? I 
And that's my Jesus. I love thee. And it says, next is, go fish with love like this. Thanks again for listening, and bye for now.